Um, we have some creative people in our church. <laughs> totally original. Uh, I want to mention a couple of things before we get into this series. I'm excited about the series, but Next Steps, maybe you caught it there. It was originally going to be this evening. We've had to move that until next Sunday evening, and so it's December the 9th. Uh, at five o'clock, and you can be there. If you've never been to Next Steps, we encourage you to be Next Steps. It's kind of the on-ramp for you to uh, get on a team and begin serving and get all the information. You get a lot of the vision of why we do what we do and how we started the church, all those things, and then uh, discover your purpose. Maybe you, what we believe is that uh, no matter if you feel like you're gifted or talented or have something inside of you, God puts something inside of you. And sometimes you just need to figure out what it is. And so we want to help you try to figure that out if you're not sure what that is and help you get involved. So uh, be there next Sunday, December the 9th at 5 o'clock. And then our mission trip to Jamaica is uh, this next July. So as a church, we're taking our first mission trip as a church. We're excited about it. And we want you to be there. We want you to go on this trip. And the initial deposits, we've tried to set some deadlines, you know, so we can uh, get money coming in occasionally and take some of the financial pressure off of you because you can take care of it in increments along the way. Uh, but we're asking for those of you that uh, you know you're going, maybe you need to get an application and you haven't gotten one yet, you can get that at Impact Central on your way out today. But grab that, fill that out, and if you can bring that back next Sunday, and the initial deposit that uh, that we're going to have you turn in is $115. And so if you have that ready to go, not to say that you can't jump on later, um, but we're just trying to give you the best rate possible the sooner we get this turned in. And so uh, for all of you that know you're going to go, it's the last week of July. I cannot remember exactly what those dates are right now, but whatever the last week of July is, it's a Saturday to Saturday. We're going to go and be a blessing and uh, experience something that many of us have never experienced before, and it's going to be incredible. So next Sunday, uh, applications, you can pick those up today. Turn it in next Sunday. You can pay Charlie. Um, I don't know where she's at. She's somewhere in the room probably, but she's over there. She'll be standing out there, We and you can pay that by check, cash, card. It doesn't matter how you want to pay that. Uh, we can do it any way you want to, but we just want to get that ball rolling next Sunday, so keep that in mind. And I want to look into the camera and welcome those of you that are watching online. Uh, each weekend we have tons of people that tune in online and even go back later and watch these uh, throughout the week. And so we're excited that uh, they're a part of our church family and that they're a part of what God is doing here. And today we're starting a brand new series that we're calling The Christmas Option. The Christmas option. Come on, look at your neighbor say the Christmas option. And this series is going to lead us into our Christmas services on the 23rd, uh, which you need to be at because it's going to be a fun time. We're going to have a good time celebrating Christmas and uh, just kind of kicking the weekend off, Christmas weekend off on the 23rd with the Christmas services. So you want to be here for that. But in this series, I'm excited about this series because in this series we're looking at different aspects of the Christmas story. Because I, I don't know if you noticed or not, I like things that are a little bit different sometimes and kind of take a different angle on it. And here's why uh, I want to do this with the Christmas story over the next few weeks is because many of us do the Christmas story a disservice because we're so familiar with it. And so we, we wake up on Christmas or we go to you know our grandparents' house or we have our kids come over or whatever the case might be, whatever stage of life you're in. And you might read the Christmas story or a portion of the Christmas story. And because we're so familiar in our culture with the Christmas story, a lot of times we do it a disservice. And so I want to kind of break down some different aspects of the Christmas story and help us be able to relate with it 
a little bit better because what we do a lot of times is we decorate our houses with 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 events from the Christmas story, right? Anybody have a nativity scene in your house? We have this bar thing or this table. I'm not sure what you'd call it, but it's up against the wall, and it has a nativity. We decorate our house with things. About the, the we sing songs, you know, we come to church and, and here in the next few weeks we're going to be singing some Christmas songs and on the 23rd we're going to celebrate Christmas with a lot of songs on that day. Uh, we watch productions and plays based on the Christmas story. We're, we're super familiar with the Christmas story. But I think because we're so familiar with it, sometimes we miss some of the things that are in the Christmas story that God wants to use in your life because we're so familiar with it. And so I want to talk about it over the next few weeks because I believe there's a lot more going on in the Christmas story than most of us realize, and that's what we're going to talk about in this series. And so as we jump in today, I want to talk to you on this subject. You can write this down, or you can always access the notes now on the Bible app, the Uversion Bible app, if you want to do it that way. But today's title is Overlooked Opportunities. Overlooked opportunities. And I want you to think back as we jump in, I want you to think back to what Christmas was like for you growing up. What was Christmas like for you growing up? And for most of us, for most of us, maybe not all of us in the room, but for most of us, Christmas was this magical thing. It was this wake up on Christmas morning and, you know, here's all all the stuff under the tree and everything you ever wanted, you know, and, and your parents always told you, you need to be good or you're not going to get what you want, and you were bad anyway, and you got what you wanted anyway, and I don't really understand all that, but, <clears throat> and so then you figured it out as a kid because kids are smart, and you figured it out, and you're like, oh, okay, apparently we get what we want anyway, even when we're bad, but as we've progressed or as you progress in life, things begin to change around the Christmas season. So when you're a kid, you think about it one way, and you experience it one way, and you have this vision of it on one hand, and then as you progress in life, things change with the Christmas season. So maybe you relate the Christmas season to different things. Maybe you've experienced disappointments. Anybody ever experienced disappointments around Christmas? Anybody ever been disappointed to Christmas season? (laughs) Maybe... Maybe let me give you some examples. Maybe you can relate to some of these. Maybe uh, you've lost a loved one, and this time of year is especially hard for you because we think about family and we think about friends and we think about those people that are closest to us and that we love. And maybe you've lost somebody that you loved, and so when you get around this time of year, it makes it a little more difficult in your mind and in your heart. Or maybe you have difficult family members that you dread seeing each year. Come on, anybody been there? You're like, you know, we got to see John again when we go to that Christmas. And (laughs) I really hope that John is sick and does not make it this year. Right? You got those difficult people that you're kind of hoping they don't make it this year, but usually they do. And and, (laughs) every family's got one. Right? If your family, if you don't think your family has one, you might be the one. (laughs) You might be the one. Or maybe, maybe the Christmas season has just never lived up to what you always hoped it would be. Right? Maybe even when you were a kid, you built it up and you thought, man, Christmas, and everybody was talking about Christmas, and you were excited about Christmas, and it never turned out the way that you had built it up in your mind that it was going to turn out. And you were thinking that it was going to be one way. Come on, anybody ever experienced anything in life that you thought was going to be one way, 
And then when it happened, it was completely not what you thought it was going to be. You built it up in your mind, and you thought, man, when it gets here, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be, man, I'm going to have all this stuff, and we're going to have all these people come over, and we're going to do all this stuff. And you built it up in your head, and then when it got here, it was kind of a letdown. I thought about naming this message, I thought about titling this message, The Christmas Letdown. But I thought that was too depressing. And so, <laughs> so I prayed, and I took a moment, and I said, God, what? okay, like, give me some other title other than The Christmas Letdown. And so we're talking about overlooked opportunities, because that's a little more uplifting to your spirit, right? And you come to church to be encouraged, and so I'm going to try to encourage you and not uh, depress you while you're here. Uh, maybe you never really got what you wanted. Maybe you don't have a lot of family to be around this season. I don't know what it is that is causing disappointment sometimes in your life. But if you've ever experienced disappointments associated with the Christmas season, here's the good news. You're not alone. <laughs> if you've ever been disappointed by Christmas or you've ever been disappointed during the Christmas season or for some reason the Christmas season is difficult for you, the good news is even though, even though a lot of times you feel like you're the only one or I feel like I'm the only one that's going through that, the good news is you're not alone. You're not alone when you feel disappointment around this season or if you have ever related Christmas with some version of disappointment. And I don't know if you've ever realized this or not, but the very first Christmas was filled with disappointment. See, we do the Christmas story a disservice and we don't, we don't pay attention to some of the things that we can actually relate to in our lives. And there's a lot of disappointment in the Christmas story, in the events that happened around the Christmas story. In fact, it seems that every person, as you read through the Christmas story, if you really read it and pay attention to the details, it seems that almost every person that had some hand in or was touched by the Christmas story or the story of Jesus, there was some kind of hard, there was some kind of difficulty, and there was some kind of disappointment. And we, we watch these productions and these programs and these shows and these plays and and I love going to that stuff, and we, 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 we think about it, and we read this portion of the Christmas story on Christmas morning or whenever you do it. But a lot of times, we don't pay attention to the stuff and think, wow, I wonder how they really felt. I wonder what was really going on. You know, we just get to, woo, Jesus is born, Savior of the world, yeah, let's do this. And a lot of times, we miss some things that we can relate with. And so today, I want to give you three things regarding disappointments in your life and around this time of the year. And what I want to try to do, this is my goal today, if you're wondering kind of where we're going, I want to help you reframe disappointment in your life. I want to give you a new frame to put disappointment, because disappointment is going to happen to you. So this is not a message to say that if you do these three things, no disappointment will ever come your way. <laughs> because you're going to be disappointed. You know why? Because you work around, you live around, you hang out with people. And people will always disappoint you. And we'll build things up in our minds with the people in our lives. And some of you right now, you've got a boyfriend, a girlfriend, fiance, a husband, a wife. And you're thinking like, boy, I hope they get me that for Christmas. Can I, can I tell you a secret just between, just between me and you? If you don't tell them you want that for Christmas, They may not know <laughs> that you want. And so you're building it up. You're like, well, I hope I get that necklace. Well, I hope I get that thing. Well, I hope I get that. And then you get to Christmas Day and you're like, you didn't get that thing for me? <laughs> and you open that gift and you're like, oh. <laughs> 
It's so great. They're like, you hate it. No, it's so good. What do you love about it? You got it for me. That's what, that's what I love about it. I'm trying to help you out before we get into, before we get into some other things. There's going to be disappointment, but it's how we got to learn how to frame our disappointment. We got to learn how to put the right frame around disappointment in our lives. And so here's point number one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. It says disappointments are opportunities to worship. We're talking about overlooked opportunities. So disappointments are opportunities to worship. Let me show you, let me show you something in the Christmas story. This is Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26 and read. Whoop, I'm losing some paper. And read a few verses here. It says, In the sixth month after Elizabeth had become pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. He was sent to a virgin. The girl was engaged to a man named Joseph. He came from the family line of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So we got Mary and Joseph. Many of us have heard about Mary and Joseph. The angel greeted her and said, the Lord has given you special favor. He is with you. And this, is, this, this always gets me every time. And I've tried to figure this out. And I just have yet to figure this out. But the angel greets her and says, the Lord has given you special favor. He is with you. Woohoo! Mary was very upset because of his words. And she wondered what kind of greeting this could be. You ever had anybody come up to you and they start talking nice to you? And you're like, mmm. <laughs> right? For those of us that have kids, when your kids are coming up to you, it's like, Dad, I just love you, Dad. You're so good. He's like, what do you want? Right? And I can't figure this out, really. But maybe, maybe it was because, you know, she was just in shock because there was an angel all of a sudden in front of her that was greeting her. I don't know, but she was upset because of the word. She wondered what kind of greeting this could be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. God is very pleased with you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. You must name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high God. The Lord God will make him a king like his father David of long ago. He will rule forever over his people who come from Jacob's family. His kingdom will never end. How can this happen, Mary asked the angel. I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come to you. The power of the Most High God will cover you. So the Holy One that is born will be called the Son of God. Your relative Elizabeth is old, and even she is going to have a child. People thought she could not have children, but she has been pregnant for six months now. Nothing, come on, this is a word for somebody today. Nothing is impossible with God. Somebody, somebody just needs to know in your situation that nothing is impossible with God. And maybe you're feeling hopeless and you feel like it's not going to work out or it's not going to happen or it's not going to come to pass or what you've always wanted is not going to be there. And I'm just here to tell you today and God is here to tell you through me that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. I serve the Lord, Mary answered. May it happen to me just as you said it would. Then the angel left her. Now, in my opinion, Mary's response to what the angel was telling her was a little bit surprising because in verse 38, after hearing everything that is going to happen, she says, I serve the Lord. So the angel shows up and tells her what's going to happen and, and all of this stuff that she was not expecting, right? She's not, ex just imagine for a moment that you go outside to check the mail, and on your way out to the mailbox, 
an angel appears. You did not wake up on Monday morning expecting an angel to appear to you out of the out in the middle of nowhere and start telling you that God is pleased with you. This is going to happen. You're going to be Jesus's mom. <laughs> you're going to be the son. Oh, by the way, you're going to be the the son of God. That's going to be your son. Can you imagine? You walk outside, just normal day to day, just going out to the car, just heading to work. <laughs> you get to the car door and whew, angel starts telling you this news. Come on, we miss this stuff sometimes. She was not expecting this. Yet at the end of all of this stuff, she says, I serve the Lord. So let it happen to me. As you, When was the last time you just gave God permission to just do whatever he wanted to do in your life? And you said, you know what? I serve, I serve you. See, a lot of times we think that God serves us. And our, a lot of our prayers a lot of times are about what God can do for us. Instead of saying, God, I serve you. And whatever your will is, that's what I want in my life. And so you tell me what to do. You tell me where to go. You tell me who to talk to. You tell me what job to take. You tell me what decision to make. Instead of praying about, you know, this is my will. God, will you bless my will? Will you just do what I want you to do? When was the last time you just allowed? But Mary says, I serve the Lord, so let it, let it happen to me as you want it to. Whatever you want to do, do it. Now, what would your response have been? What would your response have been? Would you have been willing to say, you know what, I serve God. So if this is God's will for my life, then that's what I want. That's what I'll do. And the Bible, it only records and tells us about Mary's obedient response. But you have to think that there might have been, maybe, a little hesitation. Maybe. It doesn't talk about this, but sometimes you like to read into things, and I just imagine if this was me, and I just walked out to just do something that I do every day, and an angel appears and gives me this news, that there might be a moment where I'm thinking, is this really happening right now? Are you really are you really telling me this right now? Is this really what you want to do right now? Is it... There had to be just there had to be just a little bit of hesitation because most of us we would have been a little bit hesitant in that moment. Like, God, is this real? Is this a real angel, <laughs> or is this a fake angel? You know, <laughs> where's the string? Where? There had to be a little bit of hesitation, and here's why I think there might have been a little bit of hesitation because her life. Was if she took everything into consideration, her life was about to change forever. Forever, ever. Forever, ever, ever. <laughs> it was about to change forever. There's no going back. It's about to change forever. Her future would change. Her relational status would change. Whoo, come on, somebody. This is for somebody today. Her reputation would change. Everything was about to change. Everything was about to change. And maybe she even went through all five stages of grief in a moment before she eventually accepted what the angel was saying. 
Because everything was about to change. Whatever she had planned was now changing to God's plan. Whatever her desires were were now changing to what God's desire was for her life. It was all about to change. But what's awesome about Mary is that after this encounter with the angel and she accepts what the angel is saying and what God wants to do through her, then her acceptance turned into gratitude and worship. And I don't have time to read. I don't have time to read this. You can go back and read it or you can look it up on your own. But in verses in the same, in Luke chapter 1, if you go into verses 46 to 55, you see there's a song that she sings right after the angel does this, says this, and she accepts it. I serve God. Do whatever your will is. I accept it. And then she turns around and nine verses, ten verses are a song that she sings in worship to God because of what God's going to do through her life. Gratitude and worship, it turns into that. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious today, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on this first point, but I'm curious today. When was the last time that you saw your disappointment as an opportunity to worship? When was the last time you got disappointed and thought, whew, this is a great opportunity for me to worship God? This is terrible. I can't wait to turn on some worship music and worship God. When was the last time you saw disappointment as an opportunity to worship? I read this this story this past week that maybe some of us can relate to. A man named Jonathan Malm, I think is how you pronounce his last name, who talked about an experience in his life uh, around Christmas time a few years ago. And he was... Uh, they were going to his parents' house, and he was expecting what he wanted was he wanted this. He was a chef, so he wanted this chef's knife. That's what he wanted. So he gets there, and he thinks, you know, well, my, you know, my parents know I want this, and so they're going to get this for me. It's kind of expensive. It's important to me, and so they're going to get it for me. And, and they're opening gifts, and they're celebrating. And he opens, up, he opens up the gift that they gave him, and in it is a Compassion International box. Now, if you don't know what Compassion International is, it's something that we do uh, once or twice a year where we give you the opportunity to sponsor children that live uh, in poverty-stricken areas so that you can provide them with education and food and water and housing and things like that. And so he opens this up, and he sees this Compassion. And his first thought is, like, did they sponsor a kid in my name? Like, <laughs> what kind of Christmas present is this, right? Like, I didn't sign up for this. They signed me up to do this. And then... After a few minutes, you know, he's kind of got this disappointment. He doesn't say anything, and, and he's disappointed about this gift because he was expecting to get this knife, and, and he opens it up, and here's this Compassion International box, and, and he's thinking, what in the world is this? And then he realizes all of a sudden that his disappointment is rooted in selfishness. <laughs> Can I get all up in your business for just a minute? His dis the reason he was disappointed was because of his own selfishness. He had an expectation. This is what I expect. And I didn't get what I expected. And so he realizes, man, this is rooted in my own selfishness. And so he's like, well, he goes ahead and opens the box. And in the box is the knife that he was wanting. And all of this disappointment that is rooted in selfishness was not even really what was happening in the moment. And so he didn't want the story to end there. This was my favorite part. He didn't want the story to end there. And because of this, that he that God had revealed, it's, it's interesting how God can reveal, God can use anything to reveal something in your life to you. 
if you're paying attention. So God reveals this selfishness in his heart. And so he goes home with his knife and he goes home and he takes that Compassion International box and he goes online and he sponsors a kid through Compassion International because he didn't want the story to end with, well, because of my selfishness, I was disappointed thinking that this was the gift I got and I'm going to do something that's greater than me. So he goes home and he sponsors a kid. Have you ever been expecting something and was disappointed when it didn't turn out the way that you wanted? What did he do? He used the disappointment as a chance to worship God and hopefully remove that selfishness in his heart. Through a disappointment, God revealed that there's selfishness in his heart, and so he took steps to try to remove the selfishness in his heart because he said, this is an opportunity for me to worship and be grateful and bring glory to God through this disappointment that I experienced in my life. We're not always going to feel like worshiping when we experience disappointment. But here's what we need to remember. You can write this down. This will be on the screen. It's that disappointment offers a chance to get closer to God. When you're disappointed, it offers a chance for you to get closer to God. <laughs> so the next time you feel like, man, this is a disappointing situation, you might need to, to, to reframe it and think, wow, this is an opportunity right now for maybe God to reveal something in my life, for me to get closer to God. And often the greatest things that people do for God are a product of the way that they responded to disappointment. Some of the greatest things that have ever been done for God were a product of how somebody took disappointment and framed it the right way and responded to it the right way and did something about it in the right way. And then they turned around and did something great for God. Here's number two. Disappointments are opportunities to trust. So they're opportunities to worship. Disappointments are opportunities to trust. Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 says, This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary and Joseph had promised to get married. But before they started to live together, it became clear that she was going to have a baby. She became pregnant. I love this translation of it. It became clear. How does it become clear? <laughs> right? Joseph's like, mm, you look a little different. <laughs> right? It became clear that she was going to have a baby. She became pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph was a godly man. He did not want to put her to shame in public. So he planned to divorce her quietly. But as Joseph was thinking about this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Which implies that he was afraid about something. He was fearful of something. The baby inside her is from the Holy Spirit. She is going to have a son. You must give him the name Jesus. That is because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to bring about what the Lord had said would happen. He had said through the prophet, the virgin is going to have a baby. She will give birth to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel means God with us. Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. He took Mary home as his wife, but he did not make love to her until after she gave birth to a son, and Joseph gave him the name Jesus. So let's put ourselves in Joseph's shoes for a moment. So Joseph has lived, it says that he was a godly man, so he's lived this godly life. He's lived this pure life. He's got it all planned out. This is what our engagement's going to look like. 
Come on, this is like 2018 right here. This is what our engagement's going to look like. It's going to be this long, and I want you to propose to me on this day, and I want you to do it in this way, and then I want to get married here, and we need the little doves, and we need like we, we want this color because it's around this time of year, and we got it all planned out. So so Joseph and Mary have been talking about it. They're excited, got their plans. Joseph's like, man, I've been doing good, been living for God. God's blessing me. We're gonna, this is going to be a great, this is going to be awesome. This marriage is going to rock. I can't wait. And then disappointment sets in. Because Mary comes back in from going to get the mail. <laughs> and she said... Ooh, I gotta take a minute. <laughs> she comes back in. She's like, you know, <laughs> Joseph says, "What well, we get in the mail today?" Well, <laughs> funny story, <laughs> crazy that you should ask. I was on my way out there, and right before I got the mailbox, an angel showed up, said, "I'm gonna have a baby," and I know there ain't been nothing happening here. But <laughs> I'm going to have a baby, and it's going to be Jesus, and it's going to be God's son. And Can you imagine in that moment what's going through Joseph's mind? <laughs> because this text says that he, he started making plans. I don't want to make you look bad, but I'm going to figure out some way to get out of this relationship. Because I don't want to be in this situation. Angel shows up, tells him, hey, what Mary's saying is the truth. You know, she's telling you the truth, so don't be afraid. Go ahead and get married. Name the baby Jesus. This is the reason why this is happening. Joseph had planned to take the easy way out and to break things off and to give up on the marriage that he'd always dreamed about. You ever put it in that frame? That this is, this is the relationship and the marriage that they were dreaming about that he had. He was like, man, this is going to be perfect. We're going to live happily ever after. And in a moment, everything changed. And disappointment set in. And now I don't even know if I want to be in this relationship anymore because I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I believe what you're saying. I don't know if, if like, God, God's son, really? And the angel shows up. Because this is this is how patient God is with us. Anybody, anybody thankful for how patient God has been with you? He sends another angel to Joseph in a dream. Says, this is really what's happening. This is really, you know, this is my plan. And, and go ahead and, and get married and raise this boy. And he's going to be, you know, the son of God. He's going to save people from their sins and going to save the world. And Joseph does it. And here's what. Here's what we do a lot of times. We plan things out in our minds. Even, even <laughs> practically speaking, we some of us plan out, some of us, not all of us. Some of you may not do this, but some people plan out, you know, what you're going to spend on Christmas. We're going to budget and we're going to spend this much on our kids. We're going to spend this much on each other. We're going to spend, you know, this on, on extended family and all this stuff. And you plan it out. And then you plan it out and you budget and then you break the budget because you find the perfect gift, right? You know, you already got what you said you were going to get. And then you're like, oh, but we really need to get them that. 
we really need that one right there. And then there's the unexpected, unexpected things that happen. And then there's the Christmas gifts that you forgot you had to buy that, you know, it's December 23rd and you're running to Walmart because you got to buy those few things before the Christmas party that you forgot about that your work is putting on. And all of this stuff happens and then somebody decides, hey, we're going to have a Christmas party. Uh, on this day, and you're like, oh, i got to bring something to that, you know, and, and all this stuff happens, and you end up, it messes up your plans. Now, if 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 you're like me, uh, when someone messes up your plans, it kind of bugs you, because <laughs> I had it planned, right? I had it planned. But we can relate this in, in many different areas of our lives that, that when you've got it planned out, and you think it's going to be perfect, and it, this is going to be, this is what it's going to look like, and then it happens, and it's like, or disappointment sets in, or plans change, or God has something different for your life than what you thought you were going to do with your life, and now you're trying to decide whether or not you're going to obey God's calling for your life, or you're going to go ahead and do what you want to do, because that's what you've wanted to do for the last 10 years, and you're disappointed, and Joseph was disappointed, and sometimes life has a way of kind of laughing at our good intentions, and we feel sometimes like we've lost all the progress. I think Joseph felt like, I've lost all the progress that I've made. All the things I've done for God. The, the way that I've lived for God and how we were planning this out and we were doing it the right way. And, and then this happens. And I don't know what may have happened to you. But sometimes we say, you know what, God, I've been, like, I've been living for you. I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I've been going to church. I've been doing everything I know to do. And I'm still disappointed. Because what I had planned for my life is not working the way that I thought it was going to work. And in those moments, don't miss this. In those moments, you have a decision to make. There's an option, two options. You can decide that I'm going to give up like Joseph was planning to do, I'm going to give up on everything that I feel like God has told me to do because I'm dis in this disappointment. Or you can trust. Because see, disappointment is an opportunity for you to trust God's plan for your life above your plan for your life. There's a choice to make when you get in a moment of disappointment and things aren't looking the way that you thought they would look. And like Joseph, we need to trust God's plan for our life and not buy into the pressure of what life is supposed to look like. Well, this is what it's supposed to look like. No, what it's supposed to look like is what God wants for your life. That's what it's supposed to look like. We can say it this way, when we trust God's plan for our lives, he can move us forward regardless of how things appear. When we trust God's plan for our lives, he can move us forward regardless of how things appear. So disappointments are opportunities to worship. They're opportunities to trust. And here's number three. Disappointments are opportunities to encourage others. Luke 1, again, going back to this uh, passage of the Christmas story, starting in verse 39, says, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in Judea's hill country. There she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby inside her jumped, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she called out, God has blessed you more than other women 
and blessed is the child you will have. But why is God so kind to me? Why has the mother of my Lord come to me? As soon as I heard the sound of your voice, the baby inside me jumped for joy. You are a woman God has blessed. You have believed that what the Lord has said to you will be done. Somebody just needs to keep believing. Just keep believing. Keep believing. You believe that what the Lord has said to you will be done. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months. Then she returned home. Why am I reading this portion? Because I don't think that Mary left and went to visit Elizabeth because she was trying to get out of town because she didn't want people to think badly of her because she turned up pregnant. And there have been there have been times where I have thought maybe maybe that was, you know, maybe maybe it was like, well, I'm gonna go visit, you know, for a little bit and get out of here, you know, because things are hard and people are talking about us and and, you know, she's feeling bad for what Joseph's going through. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to get out of town for a few months and I'm going to go visit my cousin. I'm going to hang out there so that things can kind of blow over. I don't, think, I don't think that's what it was. I think she went to visit Elizabeth because the angel told her that Elizabeth was pregnant and that it was a miracle. And Elizabeth was going through cer- similar circumstances to what she was going through. And so because the angel said, you know, even so, why would the angel even bring that up? Why would he need to bring that up? Why, when he comes to Mary and says, you know, you're blessed and highly favored and, and you're going to have Jesus and it's going to be God's son. And, you know, even your cousin Elizabeth is pregnant and that's a miracle because she's really old and nobody thought she could have kids. And so it's a miracle in and of itself. Why would, why would the angel bring that up? And so Mary travels and she goes to see her because I think because she's, she's trying to find some, some, somebody that can relate to what she's going through, like, this is a miracle, like, you know, yours is a miracle, mine's a miracle, we're both holding, you know, we both got carrying these babies right now, and and I don't know, <laughs> you know, I don't really know how to handle this, how have you been handling it, I know you're a few months ahead of me, and all that, like, if you really put yourself in that situation, she goes to visit for encouragement, and when she gets there, they're able to encourage each other, because they're going through something that is similar to each other. And it's the same way in your life and in my life. When you experience disappointment, it's an opportunity for you to encourage somebody else. Because you're not the only one, even though you may believe that you're the only one, you may think that you're the only one, the enemy may have you convinced you're the only one, you're not the only one that's going through what you're going through and has ever experienced that in in the history of all humanity. You're not the only one who has ever experienced that. And God will intentionally put people in your path that can encourage you and you can encourage through disappointment in your life. And the angel says, even your, even, you know, and, and the way he said it is like, she didn't know. She didn't know. And the angel's saying, here, hey, here's somebody that you can go, that, that you can get encouraged from. You can encourage because here's somebody that's going through the same thing you're going through in this situation. Disappointments are opportunity to encourage others. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen uh, past presidents together on stage or in a room or something on TV? People that have that have served in the role of president of our country in the past, and when they get together in a room, isn't it interesting how how they may be completely different belief systems, polar opposite. But they seem to effortlessly be able to communicate with each other. 
It doesn't seem like there's any. You want to know why I think that is? Because they are the only people who know what the other one experienced when they were sitting in that role. So nobody else, I can't relate to that. You can't relate to that. We like to criticize it, but we can't relate to it. And the reason I think it's so effortless for them is because they, they have some common ground. Even though I don't believe everything that you believe and you don't believe everything that I believe, we both have this similar experience. And we can share stories and we can talk about what it was like when you were there and what it was like when you were there and what it was like when I was there. And it's the same way in your life. There are people who have similar experiences to you that God wants to connect you with so that you can encourage each other as you go through seasons of disappointment in your life. What if God wants to use your disappointments as opportunities for you to be able to relate with someone else? What if? And here's what I've discovered, and I'm wrapping it up. Is that similar experiences in life can unite people who are even very different from each other. People who have experienced the same thing in life, the same hard, the same disappointment, the same struggle, that disappointment can bring people together that normally wouldn't be around each other. That may not even believe. There might be somebody who... (laughs) Wouldn't it be awesome? There might be somebody who doesn't go to church, doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe. Maybe they do go to church, they don't believe the way you believe. But God wants to, for you to encounter them through what you've been going through or what you've been through. He wants you to encounter them because they've been through something similar in their life. And maybe God wants to do something. through. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't that be something? If God wants to do something for somebody else through your disappointment, through what you've experienced in life. Wouldn't that be awesome? What if God wants to use your disappointments to help somebody else? We could say it this way, that what if your disappointments aren't as much about you as you think they are? What if they are something God wants to use for his purpose? <laughs> what, if, what if your disappointment is not as much about you as what you think it is? What if it's really something that God wants to use for his purpose. What if it's something God wants to use for his purpose? I want to bring the worship team back up. So how could your life be different? How could our lives be different? If we saw disappointments as opportunities to worship God, trust God, and encourage other people. What if, you, what if you began to view disappointment in your life? When, when disappointment hits you and you're disappointed about something, what if you stopped and you thought, you know what, this is an opportunity for me to worship God, to learn to trust God, and to encourage somebody else? Maybe this isn't as much about me as what I think it is. Maybe it's God wanting to use this experience that I've been through for his purpose. Every one of us will experience disappointment in life, but disappointments are not setbacks. Disappointment in your life is not the end. It's not a setback. 
disappointment in your life can actually be a tool that God can use. Will you stand to your feet today? I want to say this, and this will be in your notes, or if you want to write this down, but say this, and then we're going to pray. When we submit our disappointments to God by worshiping, trusting, and encouraging others, we use them as fuel instead of failure. What if you could take your disappointment and use it as fuel instead of failure? What if from this moment forward you could say when disappointment strikes, I'm going to use this as fuel in my life. I'm going to use this as fuel for what God wants to do and not view this as failure. Maybe this isn't about me. Maybe this is about something that God wants to use for his purpose. What if God's wanting to use what you're going through right now for his purpose? And maybe you've been viewing it and framing it the wrong way. Maybe you've been praying, God, I wish you would get me out of this. God, I wish you would do this for me. God, I wish that you would see this through. But what if God is wanting to use what you, what if, what if God is saying, will you worship me? Even when you're not getting what you want. Will you trust me? Even when you're not getting what you want. And will you allow me to use what you're feeling right now for my purpose? What if you frame disappointment in that frame instead of maybe the frame that you've been putting it in as failure? God, I thank you. We thank you that disappointments are not the end, that disappointments are tools that you want to use for your purpose. God, and your word says that you use all things for good. God, you will turn every situation, every circumstance, every disappointment. God, you use all things. All things work together for the good of those who love you. So God, give us a new frame. Help us not to overlook these opportunities in our lives. Give us a new perspective on disappointment. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. We're going to sing one final song and we're going to worship together before we leave today. But I want to encourage you, if you're here today, maybe, maybe you're here today and you've never, you've never uh, given your life to Jesus. And right now you just, right now you can feel it. You just know, you just know. I need to give my life to Jesus. That's what I need to do. We're not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray a prayer here in just a second. And then we're going to sing a song. But when we begin to sing this song, if you need prayer for anything in your life, anything in your life, maybe you're going through a disappointment. Maybe, maybe there's relationship issues. Maybe there's financial stress. Maybe there's, there's heartache around this time. It doesn't matter what it is. And you don't, have to be, uh, you don't have to be a regular attender of this church. Maybe this is your first time here and you think, you know what? I just need prayer. I need somebody to pray for me. I need somebody to encourage me. I need somebody to pray because I don't even know what to pray. You can come for prayer. Prayer, we all need prayer. We all need prayer. But I want to pray this prayer for those, those of us that are here that we're wanting to make that decision for the first time. I'm going to give my life to Jesus today. Give my life to him. Will you pray this prayer with me? Nobody prays alone. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I thank you that you didn't stay in the grave, but you rose to life so that I can have life. 
thank you for loving me no matter what. And today, I receive your forgiveness. I receive you into my life. Save me, change me, transform me, and help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we clap our hands for those that made that decision for the first time today? It's incredible. Incredible. Well, we're going to sing one final song, and I just encourage you, when the worship team begins to sing, you can just step out of your seat, wherever you are, if you need prayer for anything in your life, and we would love to pray with you. God, thank you for today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer in Jesus' name.